Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. This is the show that makes the paranormal normal and the supernatural quite natural. Whether you're a conspiracy theorist or a truth seeker or somebody who's had an unusual experience, this is the place for you where we delve deep into the rabbit hole and answer the questions that are difficult to find those elusive answers for. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change. On this episode of The Secret Podcast, I'm excited to get into a conversation with my new friend, Haley Polichuk. She's a new author. She's written a novel called Shadow. It's about people who fall asleep and travel into the other world. Sounds really exciting and ties in a lot of the content I've talked about in some of my previous shows about parallel worlds and alternate universes and hoping that we have an opportunity to discuss that topic as well with Haley once we get her on the air with me tonight. In addition, looking at the news, what's going on in the world, a couple stories I'm going to jump into. Obviously, we're going to talk about Donald Trump's fire and fury threat. I have some thoughts on what he may mean by that. And two other stories I want to delve deep into. A uh, new study of evolution of saliva uncovers a ghost species of early human. That comes from unknown country. And another story I stuck with unknown country this week. Human e- embryos have finally been genetically altered. Gattaca is coming to life before our very eyes. So I'm going to talk about those as well. If you're new to the show, make sure you check out serviceofchange.com. There's over 43 hours of free podcast resources. We're also available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and now on Blog Talk Radio. Make sure you sign up for the secret newsletter. You'll get my free ebook, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, and you'll get a free weekly newsletter sent right to your inbox with show notes and all the links you need to start or continue your own research on many of the subjects that I cover each week on the show. So before I get to Haley, I'm going to cover some of these news stories here. Let's start with unknowncountry.com. They've always got something good going on here. And look at human evolution and this saliva study. The uh, article is called A Study on the Evolution of Saliva Uncovers a Ghost Species of Early Human. A new study has uncovered evidence for a previously unknown species of archaic human that may have contributed to the genetic makeup of a group of people living in modern-day sub-Saharan Africa. Aside from revealing that there may have been even more species of early hominin than those that we know of, this finding is part of a growing body of evidence that suggests that interbreeding between the various species of humans, such as Neanderthals and Denisovians, was not that uncommon. Side note, if you remember last week, we found a bracelet. We reviewed a story of a bracelet from the Denisovian era about 70,000 years ago uh, that they say, well, rewrote history because initially I think it was 45,000 years ago where they thought that Denisovians were making such 
um, you know, jewelry and bracelets and things of that nature. So history is continually being rewritten. I'm going to read a little bit more of this article. It says, uh, it seems that interbreeding between different early hominin species is not the exception. It's the norm, explains Assistant Professor of Biological Sciences, Omar Gokuman, PhD with the University of Buffalo of College Arts and Sciences. It goes on to give a little bit more technical stuff about the test that was given. My point in sharing this article to tie it into the Seeker podcast themes that we cover is that history obviously is much different. There's, it's more complicated than we realize, and we don't know everything about our own roots, our own ancestors, humanity. There were more species out there than we realize, than we're currently aware of. So, uh, more to more to think about, more to come as we continue to track this story. But it's fascinating stuff. Again, I, you know, look at our ancient history. Uh, look at some of the shows I've done talking about that, and uh, check out that that blog post that I wrote a while ago. Uh, five ancient knowledge books that'll change your understanding of history because there's so much more to who we are and in our past. And if we understand our past, we can better understand who we are, and we can better navigate where we're going. All right, speaking of where we're going, this next article again from Unknown Country. Human embryos have, the genetically, have been genetically altered for the first time in the United States. Researchers have recently performed the first genetic modification of a human embryo in the U.S., paving the way for the potential to alter humans using a CRISPR gene editing technique. Previous genetic modification experiments were carried out by researchers in China, but this experiment conducted at the Oregon Health and Science University is suspected to be the first successful state-side endeavor. The alteration that was made uh, was to genes associated with inherited genetic disorders, although the researchers didn't specifically, I'm sorry, didn't specify which conditions were targeted. With the code for such conditions removed, the targeted affliction would not be passed on to the edited person's offspring, eliminating the disease entirely. The embryos involved in this experiment were not allowed to develop past a few days. The intent of the experiment was to actually provide cures for these conditions, but rather to demonstrate that the CRSPR technique could be used for such purposes, provided the ethics of a tool as powerful as gene editing could be sorted out in the future. While well, the elimination of debilitating genetic conditions is laudable goal, a laudable goal, there are also fears genetic manipulation could lead to the issue of designer babies, the creation of genetically enhanced humans, or even biological weapons that target specific ethnic groups. Okay, I'll have this in the show notes at servicechange.com. You can read this and the other resources that it has as well. And this is something that I think we need to continue to be mindful of here with uh, what's going on. Watch the movie Gattaca with Ethan Hawke and uh, Uma Thurman. It's a fantastic movie, but it speaks exactly to this in how in the future it wasn't racism anymore that was discriminated against, but it was, have you been genetically modified or not? And that was the new form of discrimination for people. Um, and it really makes you think too, you know, I touched on the AI stuff and, you know, a couple of weeks ago I talked about um, the human embryo, or, or I'm sorry, the human womb has been now created, an artificial womb has been created where they can successfully grow a fetus from before 23 weeks. They've done it with lambs. They're saying they can do it with humans now. What we're looking at here, not science fiction talk, the early stages of the ability to not only alter the human genome, but to make chimeras, 
to merge some kind of AI technology with human biology, which is everything Elon Musk's trying to do after we're already born. But once we get into the genetic manipulation stuff, who's to say we can't implant some kind of tech or microchip into that? This is something serious that we need to continue to pay attention to. In addition, you know, obviously, uh, there, there's the chimeras of just breeding human and animal parts, which they do in labs as it is. They were, I, I did a story not, not too long ago where they say they don't allow them to, to get to the sentient stage of development, you know, of consciousness where there's actual life there, so they say. Um, but, you know, who can determine that at this point with our understanding? My point is, there can be so many benefits to this, but the room for abuse is tremendous, and we need to tread very carefully because there's a lot of things coming out in the world today that have the ability to alter human evolution. Something to think about. Speaking of altering human evolution, President Donald Trump made headlines again when he made a comment about North Korea and the tests that they're doing because North Korea now has a nuclear warhead capable of fitting on a missile that could reach the United States. It does seem that the drums for war are getting louder. I think it's also more fear-mongering. I shared something recently on my Facebook feed. I want to cover this extensively on a later show, All Wars or Banker Wars. There's themes behind this, there's propaganda behind this, there's build-up behind this. That doesn't make it any less real, it just means the reasons behind it aren't always what we're being told. But basically, the one thing I wanted to focus on, you can, there, there's plenty of articles out there you can read what Trump said, but Trump's words were, North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. My concern with those words, from what I understand, he improvised those words. They weren't written down ahead of time. It it just sounded like his emotions got the best of him. But fire and fury, the the likes of which the world has never seen. In previous shows, I've talked about some of the technology that's out there. It's no secret that we're making moves to weaponize space in the public arena. Chances are there's already stuff floating around up there that's some type of weapon system up there in space. I'm not talking aliens. I'm not talking ET. I'm talking actual technology that's up there in space. Trump, I would assume, has access to some of this high tech, this new tech that has not been seen yet. Go back to the first Gulf War. Nobody had seen the stealth bomber yet. Now you go back at old UFO reports and that's what they were reporting, these stealth bombers flying around Area 51. I wouldn't be surprised if he is talking about some other type of energy I'm guessing now, but energy pulse weapon, uh, you know, something coming down from space, something coming from some satellite weapon system. I don't think he's lying there when he's saying uh, you know, fury like the world has never before seen that scares me so not trying to fear monger it's just something we need to keep in mind and be mindful of at this point you know i've been talking to my prepper groups and everybody's kind of brushing up on what to do in the event of a nuclear attack and that's something you should be mindful of have an evacuation plan have a you know a supply of, of food and water a minimal i say two weeks um and, and just be ready to be mobile if if the worst happens and i don't want to spread fear i'm not saying this is going to happen uh you know i, I will kick it back to my show i did a, a pretty decent show on uh, the maharishi effect and i shared peer-reviewed research on showing that it just takes one percent of a population to reduce the amount of violence in a in crime in a particular area so what i also recommend is focus that meditation and envision the peace that you want in the world now 
more than ever. I'll have the link to that show so you can find the research for yourself and understand how this really works if you go back and listen to previous shows. This is the time to start meditating and envisioning that peace. Not asking for peace, but visualizing that peace. And we have the power to manifest it. Okay, I'm excited to bring my new friend Haley on. She's uh, on the line waiting for me right now. So I'm going to go ahead and give her a call. Uh, Haley Polichuk is a longtime fantasy reader and writer. She started her first novel in the eighth grade and went on to be a creative writing and English major in college. After seeing In Shadow's success on Wattpad, a website for posting stories, Haley decided to sell it on Amazon in an effort to start getting her work out into the world before her last year of college. She hopes to publish more of her novels and become a successful author. Hi, Haley. Are you here? Yeah, I'm right here. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm really happy to have you on the show. I'm, I'm excited about your book. I uh, I came across it. It was your aunt actually that that shared it on Facebook, and the the background for it just it seems right up my alley with a lot of the things that I've been uh, looking at in my research and, and my explorations in life. So I'm looking forward to uh, to jumping into this story. How's it going for you? That's going pretty good. I I, I had so much fun writing it. It was just, I I love writing in general, though I write a lot. When, but, uh, lately, like at the time, there what? No, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say at the time I was like I was interested in astral projection. I don't remember what that sparked it. It was a few years ago that I started it, and I was just like, uh, it was also what I expected. Like you travel through dreams. But I looked up. It's a uh, different forms of astral projection, like traveling through dreams. And I thought that was interesting, but I didn't do anything with it at the time. My friend was talking to me, and she's like. Talking about how she had sleep paralysis, and I was just like, "You think I could make a story out of that?" I'm like, "It's intriguing, but I don't know if it would be an interesting story." Just uh, you laying there, unable to move. So I started connecting it. I was like, "Well, what if when you were sleeping, you were going somewhere in your sleep?" And that's kind of where that started. And I was also interested in dreams at the time, and I started writing them down and like using different dream elements for stories to like add a creepy factor and stuff like that. That's really awesome. I, you know, I haven't read the book yet, but I'm looking forward to uh, having a chance to read it. But it, it's really cool what you're saying because there's actually some pretty cool research from people that have looked at sleep paralysis. They've looked at lucid dreaming. They've looked at astral projection. And and what, based on my understanding of it, it seems like when you experience the sleep paralysis, that's actually the beginning stages of an actual out of body experience or an astral projection where in fact you have the ability to travel to different worlds, different realms. Uh, the Monroe Institute down in Virginia has done a ton of uh, fantastic research on um, you know out of body states and that's one of the things that they've described as a part of that process. So, you know, you thought you were writing something fictional but it's actually based on some some real events that happened. So that's really cool that you were able to take it there. Yeah. I didn't look into it at all. I, was, I just like read a few posts about it on, on the internet, and I just felt that, like I didn't know anybody else was just doing stuff like that. I was like, well, what if somebody is traveling in their sleep, but they were still connected to their body? So, like, if they got hurt in their dreams, a wound would appear when they woke up. I just thought that was so cool. And you have to wonder if you're dreaming, but you kind of like you think that you, the connection to the wound would make you think that you aren't dreaming, but at the same time, it's ridiculous. I'm not traveling to another world, you know. So. It's supposed to be cool. So the main character is like that. She didn't know she was uh, she was traveling to Shadow, which is the alternate dimension. She thought she was just having strange recurring dreams. But uh, two of her friends from the alternate world they get into a car crash, and she sees them on the news. 
and that starts to get her to believe that she's not just dreaming. So she she realizes that her friends in the dream world get hurt. She sees that on the news. I'm, I'm just uh, let me backtrack for a minute. Is that what happened? Yeah, like the people that she's met in her dreams. Okay. If they got into a car crash, she pull out on the news. She saw their pictures. She recognized uh, them. Okay, that's right. Because you know what? Let me read your your uh, background to your story real quick. Your synopsis, so our listeners can get a better understanding. It says when when asleep. Traversers appear as otherworldly versions of the self in shadow, an eerie alternate dimension molded by the subconscious minds of its inhabitants. Some have power over shadow, some wander its dark, metallic forest confused, thinking they're locked into a recurring dream. Lumen realizes she's not dreaming when two of her friends from shadow end up in the news after a car crash that leaves one in a coma trapped in shadow. They seek a group of traversers for protection from Daniel, a man who notoriously rips a traverser's soul from their physical forms in effort to escape into the waking world. When they find the others, Lumen is assumed to be the subject of a vague prophecy and has to choose to either play the part of the savior or risk being rejected and losing the safety of the haven. Again, it sounds super exciting to me. I, I want to just run in. After every sentence, I have something that I could go on for an hour talking about. I think you, you've got a great concept here. So let's get into a little bit more then. Um, you know, so her, her friends are trapped. And, you know, how did you come up with that idea? Where did that come from? You know, seeing the accident and then realizing, wow, these two worlds are connected. Well, I needed something for her to realize that she wasn't dreaming. So, if so, uh, she's to see them in the real world. And it's also kind of adds a conflict. It's like a total freak accident, but now it it gets all these different events started. So now the one guy is stuck there and he can't get up and get out. And um, there's also another danger that's not in the synopsis. There's like people that, the people who have, um, their souls have been ripped from their physical bodies. They're trapped in shadow and they kind of go mad and they kind of like, they get like zombies kind of like, they just get crazy and they attack people. So they, they also have to worry about that. And there's also animals that traverse, so like, you know, a tiger in there. and like, So it's not really a safe place. It almost sounds it's like kind of uh, the Upside Down. Did you watch Stranger Things on Netflix? Oh, yeah, I love Stranger Things. It was awesome. Yeah, it sounds a little bit, you know, like a combination of that. And uh, there was um, another Netflix series. Uh, was it Time Travelers? Time Cro- I can't remember the name of the show. Travelers was the name of it. And it was about people from the future who came to the past. And right before somebody would die, they would take over their body through the, you know, consci- through their consciousness, kind of like an out-of-body state into their body. Uh, so similar concepts to what you have here. Uh, fascinating thing. Do you think that's possible, Haley? Do you think, in, you know, in, in reality, people can do that? Uh, I'm not sure about, like, taking over other people's bodies, but I did have this one friend that was talking about, like, her, she meditated a lot, and she was talking about how, like, she thinks she's been astral projecting in her sleep. And the one time, like, she woke up in the middle of the street, she's like, how did I get up here? So, so she uh, went inside her house, and she saw herself lying next to her boyfriend in bed. And she said she felt totally awake. It was the craziest thing, but then she woke up and she was in her bed. Wow. That's And that sounds like so many experiences that I've read about other people having as well. Um, I, I think it's, I think in my opinion, I think it's more common than we realize. I wouldn't be surprised if we all did it when we were sleeping or all astral projecting and all going into shadow. I mean, what if, what if we do have friends in the other realm? And, you know, if you meet somebody, you're like, I swear I know you from somewhere. What, you know, any chance that it's somebody we met in the, in the shadow realm, you think? Eh, I don't know about that. I, I, I mean, shadow, so I know that one's not real. But 
Wow. No, I, uh, I don't I, think I would want to You wouldn't want to know that? Oh, no, I don't think I would want to be somebody that travels in their sleep because, I mean, they, they feel awake for the entire night. It's like when you go to sleep, it feels like a minute, but when you're in shadow, you feel every hour that you're in there. Feels and like you also are tired all the time because you're awake right. almost 24-7. Your mind never yeah. rests. You know, what's yeah. cool, though, is... is um, in some of Bob Monroe's work, he was saying that w- when he was in the out-of-body state, there's certain phases you can be in where you'll be gone for several hours. And then when you come back, like you have all these crazy experiences, and then you come back and three minutes have passed in you know our physical reality, which I always thought was a, a cool concept as well. Like, do you ever have a dream? And you're like, wow, that dream seemed like it lasted 10 hours. And you wake up and it was like five minutes you know, since you had fallen asleep or something. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, because sometimes... Like, I fell asleep, I had, like, long dreams and stuff, and I woke up, and I looked at the clock, and it's only been, like, 11 minutes, which is really weird. It's like... It's, like it's on one of those nights where you have trouble falling asleep, and then you sleep, right. and then you wake back up a couple minutes later. It, I was it, like, that's crazy. I can't I was asleep for that short amount of time. It really makes you think, kind of like the movie Inception. They say, you know, the deeper you go, the longer time seems in the dream world, the shorter it's going in the, you know, in the, in the real world. Um, so I don't know, maybe there's something to it. Maybe these writers have, uh, you know, a little bit more vision of this stuff than, uh, you know, people like you and me. How long did it take you to write this book? Um, I don't remember this one exactly. Like, I didn't write it all in one go. Like I usually do. I used to write like a book a semester just to post it on Wattpad. Uh-huh. But I, I, that slowed down as semesters came. But this one, I took me, like I did it wrote a little bit here and there and then I kept going back and editing it. So I don't know, it might have taken a year or two. About a year or two. Now, how many pages is it, or how many words? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many words. I can look it up real quick. That's but it's not words. long. It's, I think it was 115 on Word, 115 pages. Okay, on on, uh, on Microsoft Word. And now you have yeah. it. It's available in in uh, ebook right now in Kindle. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm gonna try and draw another cover for the printed version. So I don't know if the picture I have is high res enough. Now, and I'll have that um, a copy of that in the show notes at servicetochange.com for uh, for my listeners out there if they want to take a look at what this cover is. And we'll also have the links to your book out there so they can see that as well. Describe the cover. I mean, for, for people who have an opportunity to look at it, I mean, I mean it's it looks like it's uh, a person, two people standing in, in like this river. I mean, what's this? What's the story behind that? Oh, that's not the cover. That's just like a, that's just a scene from the book. That That's was like right. a sketch that I drew a while back, and I was going to color it in, and it just went a lot farther, and it turned out really cool. Yeah, it's a really neat. Now, is that an actual but, uh, scene just, from the book, or? Yeah, it's a scene from the book. I mean, I moved things around just so it was, like the composition would look better. Right. But yeah, that, that was a that was a place in shadow, and then that that little girl is like the first person that gets Lumen to realize maybe she should start helping the traversers because at first she's very resistant to it. She's like. It's like in books, you don't really realize like they're the chosen one or something. But if that was you, you really wouldn't just accept it or fight. You know, it's, these are all strangers. It's kind of like a, that's not that it can't be me type thing. But what, what, so she's very resistant to it at first. So the chosen one, you said, because there's a prophecy in there, right? So the, the chosen one, kind of yeah, like, like it's a rumored prophecy. But like they all assume that it's her because of her power over light in shadow. And she takes the humble approach of going, it can't be me, right? It's not me. Yeah, she's just like, that doesn't, that's that's just ridiculous. That's like stuff that comes out of stories. That's not real. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that sounds exciting. I like those uh, those humble heroes who are quiet about it as they're as they're uh, going through the journey. When she sees the girl in the picture, she kind of identifies with her her younger self, and she does something stupid and helps her, even though the enemy was right there. And uh, yes, yeah, so that that's like the brief the turning point for her. That really sounds exciting, Haley. I'm looking forward to uh, to reading it, and I'm sure my listeners will have an interest in it as well. What would you say is the most uh, you know compelling reason to uh, to purchase your book here? It's just really different, like the scene, like the the scenery, mm-hmm. and all like all the characters. Everything is really eerie, and it's it's, it's stuff you haven't seen before. And the story's pretty good, if I said so myself. <laughs> I think I do pretty good with character development and like building of the plot the plot's different I like how the villain isn't like I want to take over the world like usual or he wants ultimate power he just wants to escape because he's trapped in shadow right and by ripping other people's souls he tries to attach himself to their body so that he can get out but it never really works he keeps doing it anyway because anything's better than giving up Right, so he keeps trying at the expense of the souls of other people now you know what I, what I noticed about this and just reading the description here um Let's see here. Where where are we at? Let me find that one part that I wanted to point out. Talking about uh, some have power over shadows, some wander its dark metallic forest, confused, thinking they're locked into yeah, a like recurring some dream. That, that, like the people that don't realize they're dreaming, but the people that have power, it's kind of like the one in shadow to be able to be influenced by the people inside it because it's like a dream. So you can influence your dreams if it's a lucid dream. But right. Some people kind of give themselves powers but some people don't realize they can do stuff like that really everyone has power over, but most people realize they can't or don't, don't realize they can don't realize they can you know that's an interesting comparison because I, I think that all the time when you're not in a lucid state when you're dreaming you are almost like you're drunk um, I, I took a seminar years ago. I forget which one it was, but they were saying it's the same thing. If you're if you're traveling out of body and you try to speak with somebody who's um, you know, not aware that they're out of body or that they're dreaming. They're just going to seem like they're severely intoxicated because they're playing out whatever dream, you know, their their conscious mind is involved in. You know, but on, on top of all that, I, I love how you call it the, the metallic forest. I mean, that right there, just the visuals I'm getting in my mind, it, it really, you really suck me into that. And, and the, uh, just your visualization, um, I think is very powerful. And I, I, I can just imagine how this world, this entire world is described based on just your, your synopsis alone. I think that's really incredible. Actually, I took elements from my own dreams. Because I, I wrote down my dreams to capture elements and try to include it. And like one, like so uh, the sky shadow, it's like, it's like a magenta color that fades to uh, dark violet at the edges. And I included that in shadow. Oh, I think I said that already, but that was in one of my dreams. And then, like the, the trees are metal. So I included that. How? I just wanted everything to be like, you get different, perverted version of reality. How vivid are your dreams? Yeah, uh, they're pretty vivid, although I don't really remember most of them. I, I do remember a good bit of them, but yeah, they're pretty colorful. I have a pretty imaginative imagination. And, and but I mean, they're they're like these alternate realities. I mean, some people dream and are like, yeah, I was just at the Wawa, and you know, the counter was blue instead of brown. I mean, that's the extent of the, the changes in their dreams. But you've got like metal forests and pink skies and stuff. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I think. Yep. My dreams are usually just like different events that are stitched together. They don't really fit, but they kind of flow anyway. 
do they have meaning to you? Not really. I don't know. Just kind of like it is an adventure every time. Just a different adventure. Just kind of cool. Yeah, I mean they're usually like confusing eerie because they're dreams, but. I mean, have you ever tried yeah. to, to take meaning from them, or do you think maybe you're just having these dreams and they're just great inspiration for your writing? Yeah, I don't really take meaning from them. Some, like, I went, when I was younger, I got, I got, like, an app that's dream interpretation. I started, like, plugging in a bunch of different things that I've dreamt of, and it was kind of interesting, but I didn't really keep up with it. I don't read into them. Yeah, I, I, I do I've... take story ideas from them, though. <laughs> Uh, well, and that's fantastic. I mean, as a as a writer, that's an awesome um, you know source of inspiration for you. You know, I, I've looked at the dream interpretation apps and, and the books and stuff. I used to read them as a kid, uh, and they were you know didn't always peg what I was looking for. I, I found when I tried it because I, I look at my dreams pretty regularly, and I found that you know going off of your your gut instinct, the second you have that feeling of you know what did that dream mean to me, it's like usually that first thought you have, that first feeling you have. I think that's usually the best way to tell what that dream meant but it, it sounds like you figured out you know at, at a minimum your dreams are designed to uh, give you a good backdrop for your uh, your stories here which I think is pretty awesome we've got uh, we've got about five minutes left in this show Haley what's what's the biggest thing you want to say to, to the listeners out there and, and potential readers about your book and you know about your stuff I don't know I think it's yeah give it a try it's, it's very colorful and it's not a maybe you could yeah not sure. Okay. I mean, I, and I think you've captured that. I mean, I think it, it does sound like a real colorful, um, you know, story to, to get into, not just, you know, and I know my listeners are, are really interested in this topic per se, because this is something that I, I talk about uh, regularly. And I think fiction is a great way to explore that and expand a lot of these concepts, um, altered states of consciousness, altered realities, out-of-body experiences, and, you know, the things that may lurk in the dark shadows of our minds that can come forth in our waking reality. Do you think, you know, this represents anything, um, you know, in your own personal life, or is this purely just fantasy fiction that you made up doesn't have any of those hidden elements that come out? I don't think it has any hidden elements. I just like writing fantasy. I just like going, being able to go into a magical world and come out. It's kind of like shadow, like you're yeah. safe when you're awake, but then you have a second life. And I thought that's a really cool concept. It's like The Sims, but only in a dream world, right? That's a little more, little more than the <laughs> <laughs> I, I would think so. It sounds it. I mean, you've got this. I, I'm coming back to the metallic forest again. Me. Yeah, that, that sounds really exciting. So, what are your plans moving forward? Now, you're in. Uh, you're in college now. You're finishing up college, or? Yeah, I got one more year left. And then, what what do you plan to do after that? Um, I'm hoping to sell some books. I have a, a business repainting doll. I mean, it's not super successful yet I'm still trying to get myself out there but we have a few sales that's good and, now, uh, do you have like a website or are you just on Amazon or yeah I'm on Instagram it's Haley's Repaint okay yeah make sure and, you send uh, me that link message me that link and all, all your okay. links and I'll have everything available in the show notes um, you know for my listeners I also, so, I, post, um, I also post fan art for In Shadow on my Instagram with some quotes that's pretty awesome. You know, and that's a great way to get a bunch going. You know? My only fan yet, so far. I'll have to find you on Instagram. I'll be I'll be your fan as well. Um, I, I'm really excited about <laughs> the stuff you have going on. Uh, I, Haley, I really think you're on to something here. I think that, you know, if you can find the right niche um, 
it, it sounds very creative and I think it sounds very relevant to a lot of things that are actually out there, um, you know, from a fictional standpoint, but it's also great. I think fiction's a great way to explore certain things, certain concepts, um, when you don't have to be bound by the rules of, of nonfiction and research and, and it's still a great way to explore certain ideas. Um, so, you know, best of luck to yeah. you. Definitely keep in touch with me. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I got to, we're, we're just about out of time here, Haley. I want you to stay on the line though. I'm going to go ahead and uh, close out the show. But uh, please okay, stay on the line. A, so then you and I can... What's that? There's a free sample of the book on Wattpad. I posted the book on Wattpad before I published it, and it's actually got a, free, I got a few groupies on there. I got people leaving happy comments and stuff, so I have a few fans oh, that's on fantastic. there. But there's a, I guess the first couple chapters are posted on there. Okay, so that, that's a great teaser for people. If they want to get a look at, at the, you know, just the beginning of the book, um, you know, they can find it on Wattpad. So if you, again, give me that link as well, and I'll have that in the show notes at serviceofchange.com, uh, and it'll be out in the newsletter on Sunday morning for people to see these links and uh, start reading, and hopefully then move over to the Amazon site itself and uh, read the rest of the book and get you some reviews on there. It sounds good. I'll send you all the links right now. Fantastic. Well, Haley, I want to thank you for taking the time. You know, again, I wish you all the best of luck, uh, you know, in, in your writing adventures. Please keep in touch and uh, let me know what, what's coming up next. All right. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks, Haley. That was a great discussion with Haley. I really enjoyed having her on the show and having her talk about her, her uh, character's journeys through Shadow. And, and again, what really caught my attention about this topic, I know I alluded to it or flat out said it during the show, is that what she's talking about, although she wrote a work of fiction, seems to be something real, a real phenomenon. We know that out-of-body experiences do in fact happen. That's well-researched, that's well-documented, that people are able to project their consciousness, their soul, their spirit, whatever it is that we want to call it, to some place else. The question is, what kind of influence does that other place have on our current physical reality? And that's some really interesting research out that's out there as well. Uh, obviously, there's no solid answers on it yet, but I think that as you know, pioneers, as truth seekers, as those of us who are trying to explore these realms and these capabilities and these possibilities, I think this is a great area of study for us to get into. I think there's a lot of hope and a lot of potential in this field and in this understanding. And I find it interesting as well that, that Haley wrote this as a complete act of fiction without doing any research into it, without having any understanding of these concepts, yet she's able to tap into something. Where did she get this information from? Maybe it's just her imagination, but maybe she tapped into some deeper creative unconscious Akashic record, who knows, where she's gotten this information and it's coming through her in ways that she's not aware of. That's where my mind tends to go. That's where I, I like to think about things and wonder what's the deeper meaning, what's the deeper purpose, where is this information coming from? Either way, whether you prescribe to the possibility of out-of-body experiences and traveling through the astral realms or not, I think this sounds like a, a fascinating story to delve into and to explore. And that's one of the things I love about fiction is it's a great way to explore these concepts and you don't have to worry as much about citing your sources and your references and things uh, on a side note I'm working on a, a very similar book that's another reason I was drawn to Haley's story um, once I'm done with Food for the Archons I'm about 20,000 30,000 words into a, a fictional work of a very similar concept exploring the other realms and altered states of consciousness and things of that nature but I'm exploring it through fiction because we can still get the same ideas out there 
and use the entertainment of fiction to convey that same message. So look for that at Service of Change as well. Everything will be in the show notes. Everything will also be in the newsletter. If you want to connect with Haley, you can find the links at serviceofchange.com in the notes for this episode that will be titled Shadow. That's all the time I have, my friends. As always, thank you so much for listening to The Seeker Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to The Seeker Newsletter and get free access to read I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are. As always, if you want to support the show, please check out our bookstore and consider purchasing some books from the Service of Change bookstore. It helps keep this program running. And be sure to like and share our content on Facebook to help me spread the word. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been The Seeker Podcast with Service of Change where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world, I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh,